Hello everyone, welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Cedars in Lebanon. Oh my god. Today, today is such a special day because of many reasons. I mean, it's, it is a very special day, not just for me, but for you too, in Jesus' name. <laughs> today is going to be a very great day and today is going to be a very, very, very special day for you but it's a special day because today today Cedars reached 500 listens in total like there have been 500 different times when someone clicked on a link to listen okay well not just any link but this is just apple and um, apple podcast and spotify someone thought i should listen to an episode 500 times and that's just the record I have because there are records I do not have, like Telegram listings and all of that. And um, I I don't even know how to cry anymore. <laughs> I've spent today just thinking. I've spent today just reminiscing. I've spent today just wondering, wondering upon the greatness of God and the kindness and the goodness of God, because it's I don't know. I I, I know it's not just me. <laughs> because i'm 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 in awe i'm elated i'm i am very surprised (laughs) i'm very surprised i'm actually shocked (laughs) because um god is good god is good so i want to use this opportunity to thank every single single one of you who thought at one point in your day at one point in your week or at one point whenever that i should listen to an episode i should listen to this episode this might be for me this should be for me i want to thank every single one of you who thought at some point in their day or at some point in their week or in the month that i should share an episode i want to thank every single one of you who saw broadcasts and immediately just shared them i want you to know that i'm i'm constantly praying for you 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 have no idea i'm and I love you so much. Not because you listen or because you share, but because, because well, I guess I'm called to love you. So, yeah. And I just want to thank every single one of you who who think that this is something that is worth listening to. I want to thank every single one of you who believe that this is something that is worth your time. Um... It seems like yesterday we started when I didn't want to go ahead with it because I had so many fears and so many, um, so many, I was skeptical about so many things. But thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for, thank you for letting God use you in this way. You have no idea what your listening is doing. You have no idea what you're sharing and how far your sharing is going. The testimonies, the reviews, the the encouragements the thank you thank you so much everyone thank you for not giving up on on this thing that on this beautiful thing that god is doing thank you for always coming back i know that many times i say that beginning of an episode and it might seem like something that oh i've memorized to say or something that i just say because you know i have to say something at the beginning of an episode but no from the bottom of my heart from the deepest part of my heart from my ventricles and oracles 
but my ventricles are not recalls. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to everyone. Every single one of you. God bless you. Really, like, God bless you. God will be good to you. And he will be kind to you because he can be trusted. And he's a good God. God, I'm using five minutes to thank you because you are worth all of these things. You guys are the real sinners, seriously. And um, I pray that this 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 amazing thing that God is doing with sinners in Lebanon, it will be extended even into your own lives, into into your businesses, your career, your relationships, your friendships, your finances, your academics, your marriages. It will be extended even into that that growth because I mean, one of the things that sinners characterizes is growing literally. In the Lord, I mean Psalms 12, Psalms 92, verse 12, where the name came from, literally said, The righteous shall flourish. So I pray for every single one of you who is listening right now that you will flourish on every side. Because I mean, all I could think about, I saw 500 listens, I was like, What? <laughs> I was like, What? And the only thing that I could think about was flourishing. Like, thank you. God bless every single one of you. Thank you. You have no idea. You have no idea. Like, thank you. Thank you so much for letting the Lord use you in this beautiful way. God bless you. Now, to today's episode. Today's episode is, well, it's also special because it's different from the normal way that we would or the normal episodes that we would normally have okay first of all i'm alone i'm not alone i'm with god the father god the son and the holy spirit but yes i'm the only human here recording the episode um yeah so it's gonna be sort of different i think you've already probably guessed that from the title more than my daily bread that was coined from the book of job or rather I was received <laughs> from the book of Job 23 verse 12. Job speaking, he said that I actually like I actually like to read from 11. Um, he said, my foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. It's basically going to be a group of some episodes i don't know how many at this time but it's going to be episodes where we just sit down and study a chapter of the bible together i mean can never hurt this is literally the the word of god so it's always very interesting and it's something i always look forward to studying the word of god yeah yeah so that's what's more than my daily bread is going to be about and that's how the episodes are going to go we're going to just sit down and you know dissect this word and try to relate it to living in these times and age last days amen i feel like i'm going to say that a lot amen (laughs) yeah so james chapter one there are a couple things you should know about the book of james before we begin i'm not saying that we're going to be reading the book of james but just because we're starting from james one um there are a couple things that you should know about james um a lot of scholars like to call this book the book of jacob because the greek translation literally translates to jacob but i think in translation and translation translation um james was sort of coined out now, the James that wrote this book was not James the Apostle. 
or the disciple rather it was james the brother of jesus remember i think it was in matthew 15 i don't remember exactly where let me say it <laughs> but yes where um jesus talking about how a prophet is without honor in his own hometown and you know the people were asking like is this not jesus the brother of james judah and is this simon now i think he's the last one yeah but anyway so it's that james that wrote this book of james many people believe that um james didn't wasn't born again or rather he did not believe in christ he didn't believe in the messiah which is jesus christ until after he died and rose again because um in john chapter 7 verse 5 oh sorry i forgot to mention please while we're listening while you're listening to this episode i know you might be listening to it or in transit or at home or doing something else but it would be really it would really really benefit you right if you could see what was speaking about us was speaking about it so if you could have your bible close to you maybe on your phone your tablet or your physical hard copy bible that would be great it would really really help you in following right okay so in john 7 verse 5 it says for even his brothers did not believe him because of this particular verse a lot of people believe that james did not believe in christ up until he died and rose again so i think that's basically many of the things that that's basically almost everything you need to know about james and also james was killed too like christ well not crucified i do not know exactly how he died but i do know that he was killed he wasn't like john that lived and lived and lived okay so now i'm going to be reading from the new king james versions i'm going to also at some point switch between amplified and niv because there are some things that are very emphasized in them that i think are necessary (laughs) okay let's begin okay from james 1 1 now the book of james 1 wells or rather the chapter james 1 it's a chapter that i i have grown to love i've actually in preparing for this episode i've i've looked at it a couple of times so it's it's a chapter that i've actually grown to love first of all i like the way it starts like the beginning because james was a brother of christ james was a man who understood so much what christ carried and who he was that while introducing himself in this book he didn't even start james the brother of the lord jesus christ or james i mean i know it's the way you address a letter right it's a letter written the book of james is a letter written to christians who were scattered abroad right they were let's call them in diaspora people that christians who were scattered abroad and he wanted them to know it was from james but he did not refer to himself as james the brother of jesus christ no i mean i can imagine this is someone you grew up with we only started hearing a lot about jesus like apart from when he went to the temple when he was 12 and all of that we started hearing about the ministry of jesus from when he was 30 years old so you can imagine this is someone that james spent his childhood with this is someone he grew up with his elder brother <laughs> literally this is someone he literally grew up with in the same house they played together they probably did a lot of things together i'm sorry this is where my like my my mind likes to travel ah this episode is gonna be long <laughs> but yes this is the way my like my mind likes to travel and i like to think they literally lived in the same house together and james introducing himself 
he goes in the first chapter, James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Chills, prosta. <laughs> I read that and I'm like, wow. A bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He moved from a brother to a bond servant. It's it's sort of like it's a it's a beautiful thing to behold. Like I'm going to dwell on this verse one because I love it. I actually I absolutely love it. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He he stripped himself of that brother, that familiarity. There was no longer that I grew up with this man. I have seen I have seen him finish. That's the way Nigerians will put it. <laughs> seen him finish. But no, like Ah, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Such a royal way to greet. Such a lovely way. Amazing. James was no longer a brother. He was now a servant. He understood that now this is my Lord. Whether or not he was my brother, whether or not we grew up in the same home before, whether or not uh, this is what he used to be, he is my Lord now, Jesus <laughs> he is my lord now and i think that that's something that's worthy of notes then verse two aha another thing about this james one very very weird way to start a letter if i'm writing to someone i would want to know or i would want to start with i have heard how so 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 or how you guys are doing or who you, how you're doing over there or some some something and i want to let you know i just <laughs> but james look at the way he started his letter he said my brethren count it all joy <laughs> when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience i was like wow this is a very strange way to begin a letter but i want to take you from here to somewhere in acts chapter 5 verse 41 acts 5 41 i'm reading it from niv it says the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Verse 42 says day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. I'm sorry, I have to read 41 again. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering jesus i don't know i i hope i'm not the person that just said that they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of jesus by the way and james here saying count it all joy when you fall into various trials like as in this suffering is something to be counted worthy of like you're worthy of suffering for the name you're worthy of suffering disgrace you're worthy of suffering persecution you're worthy of suffering pain trials for the name of jesus like they were rejoicing okay actually sorry what happened in five in this um book of acts five was something had happened they arrested them you know how they arrested them in lord the apostles and then they wanted to put them to death because they had warned them and told them if you talk about him again like we're going to uh we're going to kill you so they wanted to kill them and then there was this man gamaliel who came up and said that um there have been many people who had come and spoken about a messiah there was Thaddeus. it was Thaddeus. a bit two years i don't remember the name but yes there was a man who came and said he was a messiah and after he went his followers to disperse and there was another person too who came and his followers also dispersed after him but if these ones are truly from god then the followers really stay and let's not do anything to harm 
or it's better for us to not sin against God than for us to kill them and we have committed sin against God and you know they let them go so the apostles left rejoicing that they had been counted worthy of suffering like people God there were people who actually counted the joy to be worthy of suffering for the name I think that that's 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 a place to just stop and ponder if I am suffering today, if there's something that is happening to me because I decide that, oh, I am standing for the name of Jesus, will I count it joy? Or will I sulk and complain about how there are many things that I can't do because I, I am a Christian or there are limitations to this walk? If um, a lot of people are eating, for example, let's use food. People are eating and feasting and the Lord has told you, um, you, this is what you will eat. Like Daniel, <laughs> this is what you're going to eat. And, and the people around you know that you're eating this because you want to be consecrated to the Lord. Um, and they go, you have come again. No, you've started this, your, your Christianity. Are you the only Christian? Would you treat it as something like, oh God, again, they are persecuting me. Or would you count it joy? These were men who were almost put to death and they came out rejoicing not because they had been set free. They came out rejoicing not because they were released or they were let go. No. They came out rejoicing because they were counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. That's amazing. So James speaking here, he said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. God gives liberally. I don't know whether it's also in this James 1 that says that every good and perfect gift is from above, from the Father of all lights, in whom there is no shadow of turning. God will give wisdom without reproach. He will give wisdom liberally. If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And it will be given to him. Let no man or nothing make you believe that God will not give you, that God doesn't want to give you something generously. He wants to give it to you. Then verse 6, but let him ask in faith. Aha, so this is the limit to many people receiving from God. This thing, I don't remember when exactly the Holy Spirit used it to teach me a lesson. This verse 6, because... I think I was asking God for something, but I had plan B. I had plan B, C, and I'm the kind of person who likes to have plans. So you can imagine I had many plans. I had backup plans. And one day, the Holy Spirit just laid this scripture in my heart. I was like, nah, <laughs> let me cancel on my plans. Verse 6 to 8, it says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways i think it's sort of like a paradox it's like you need something from god but because you're doubting you're not gonna receive it again he said let not a man who doubts let him not suppose that he will receive anything from the lord the bible compares him to a double-minded man that means he does not have a clean his heart is not pure because later on in james chapter 4 verse 8 he says draw near to me and i'll draw near to you clean your hands and cleanse your heart you double-minded so he says like if you're double-minded your heart is not pure he was saying you're unstable in all your ways let's not any man who doubts 
think that he will receive anything from the Lord. So what is delaying your answer from God could be your doubting. You have not been able to completely put all your eggs in his basket. You have not been able to completely trust the Lord. You have not been able to completely actually let leave it in his hand and let it go. Just allow yourself to breathe. <laughs> Stop doubting. If the Lord says that he will do it, he most definitely will do it. What's that verse that says that uh, God is not a man that he should lie? Nor is in the son of man that he should repent. He has never said anything and he will not bring it to pass. He will do it. It's in his nature. God will not be God if, he's, if he does not do what he says he will do. As a matter of fact, I had, a, I had, I had, I had someone give this example. Um, the person said that even if God did not want to do something before, as far as he has said it, he is obliged to do it. <laughs> and I just think that that's, yeah. So if you're doubting, if you're believing God for something and you find yourself having doubts, Please don't doubt. Put your eggs in his basket. Trust in God. God can be trusted. He won't fail you. The next, from verse 9 to 11, I'm going to read that from the Amplified because it amplifies it. <laughs> verse 9, let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his high position as a born-again believer. Call to the true riches and to be an heir of God. So he's saying that the brother in his humble circumstances, his high position, or what he should be proud of is his status as a born-again believer, called to the true riches and to be an heir of God. 10. And the rich man is to glory in being humbled by trials, revealing human frailty, knowing true riches are found in the grace of God. For like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with a scorching wind and withers the grass. Its flower falls off and its beauty fades away so too will the rich man in the midst of his pursuits fade away what this verse says 9 to 11 is trying to say especially 11 is that a rich man that is pursuing okay it has already said the poor man should glory in the fact that he has true riches in christ the rich man should glory that he's humbled by trials and his true riches are in the grace of god now he's saying that a rich man who is in the midst of his pursuits a rich man who is placing his heart and his mind and his glory upon his riches his earthly riches he will fade away it will fade away and i think that's that's very very explanatory verse 12 blessed is the man who endures temptation i'm telling you this book of james eh? if you're going through trials temptations you feel like you're being tested because many of us are being tested <laughs> if you feel like you're in that place this book of james is for you i'm telling you the truth not just chapter one but the book of james it actually tells it actually reveals to the believer your your behavior how your behavior should be or your disposition in the midst of a trial it's 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 it, i recommend I 100% recommend this book of James. Verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Once again, rejoice in persecution and trials. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. For each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. 
and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. God cannot be tempted, nor can he tempt. This is the character of God. Okay, I'm going to stop here a bit and say this verse 13. It reveals the character of God. Now, when you're reading scripture, there are certain things that you, especially when you're studying the word of God, there are certain things you will come across in scripture. Um, scripture reveals to us the character of God, um, a promise from God, an instruction. There are more, but these three things you will almost always find in scripture. So one of the things that you should be looking out for, because I mean, look at Paul, he prayed that prayer that I may know him. How do you know God? You spend time with his word because it's his letter. It's his, it's literally his word to us. Um, you spend time in the place of fellowship, in the place of prayer. You spend time with him. You get to know him. It's the same for any relationship at all. And in scripture, one of the things that scripture reveals to us is the character of God. So while you're studying your Bible or studying his place in scripture, one of the things you should actually look out for is um a scripture that reveals the character of god right because it's it's very important <laughs> so this verse 13 actually highlights a character of god it says that god cannot be tempted by evil nor does he himself tempt anyone so god cannot be tempted he will never tempt you but the bible actually says that he will provide a way of escape out of that temptation and he will never give you it up or rather he will never allow you to be tempted more than you can handle so the Lord does not tempt, no. And then verse 14 goes on to say, or rather 14 and 15 goes on to say, each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Here I see an equation. Desire plus temptations equals to sin. If you have the desires, you have the temptation equal to sin. If you get rid of one of them, sin cannot be produced so if that desire is not there if you ask the lord to help you get rid of this desire sin cannot be produced because you literally do not have the desire to do this temptations if you don't put yourself in situations where you can be tempted because some of us we actually walk into temptations ourselves the time the Holy Spirit was using this thing as an analogy for me he was like i mean i know that you carry fire you said that yes yes you carry fire you carry light you are light you carry fire but no one holding a candle walks into or rather no one holding a candle no one holding fire that can be put off by wind walks into the cold and stands there and waits for the wind to put it off no there are situations you 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 have to avoid because you might be putting yourself in a place where you're just going to be tempted don't put yourself in situations you can't get out of don't do that so yes and then he goes on to say and seeing when he's full grown it's like a child <laughs> it grows up to become death i mean like we see in romans 6 23 the wages of sin is death verse 16 do not be deceived my beloved brethren every good and oh this is my favorite verse every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning Oof, say jesus i'm so excited this this verse every good gift and every perfect gift i don't remember whether it's also i don't think it's here there's a piece in scripture that said there's nothing that we have that wasn't given to us from above there's nothing that you have that wasn't given to you from god come to that realization actually there's nothing that you have that wasn't given to you from god 
precious there's nothing that you have that wasn't given to you from god there's nothing that i have that wasn't given to me from god every good and every perfect gift comes from above every good gift every perfect gift comes from above he gives good gifts god is a giver of good gifts like every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and it comes down from the father of lights in whom there is no with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning there's no variation he doesn't change i'm sorry i'm saying this many times because i need it to sink into me <laughs> you can see it yourself but in whom with whom there's no variation there's no shadow of turning in him there's no shadow of turning in him there's no variation there's no shadow of turning like you know when someone turns it casts a shadow it's when you turn you properly you properly see your shadow that's what this is saying there's no shadow of turning in him he doesn't turn it is poetic by the way but it's 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 true he doesn't change Oh, God does not change. <laughs> oh, my God. Shall I tell you a ghost? Mm. Verse 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Um, we, were bought, we were brought forth by the word, not of perishable seed but of imperishable i think that's in first peter 1 23 that says that we are not born of perishable seed but of imperishable seed and of his own will so why will he withhold good gifts from you why would he withhold perfect gifts for you from you what's that verse i said that even you wicked um even you evil men know how to give gifts to you know how to give good gifts to your children how much more me god gives good gifts so if it's not good, it's not from God. Let me just put it like that. If it's not good, it's not from God. And it's not good based on your own judgment of good. Your judgment is... You're, you're a man. <laughs> you're a man. There's only so much you can do. It's not just based on your judgment of good. To you, it might look like the most terrible situation he has placed you in. But to him, it is for your good. If it's not good, it's not from God. Or if it's not perfect it's not from god that we may be a kind of first fruit of his creatures this is really beautiful because we are the first of our kind first fruits that's what it means of his creatures um amplified of this particular verse i think it's yeah verse 18 actually says um so that we would be a kind of first fruit of his creatures a prime example of what he's created to be set apart to himself sanctified made holy for his divine purposes i'm going to dwell on that place that says a prime example remember that verse in scripture that says that um for you are his epistles you are letters literally you are prime examples you are the first fruits of his creatures. We are the prototype of how the world should be. Yes, of what the Lord desires. We are prototype of what the Lord requires at the hand of every man. His first fruits. I am his first fruits. That's amazing. Verse 19 to 20. 
so then oh my god <laughs> i love this part verse 19 to 20 so then my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of god so then my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of god god has given us the formula here swift to hear be quick to hear slow to speak be very slow to speak <laughs> slow to wrath anger okay another word for wrath is anger be slow to anger for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of god the wrath of man it does not produce the righteousness of god i remember there's a verse in proverbs i don't remember exactly which that says that i think it's either proverbs 10 or 17 i don't remember where but it says that um when words are many sin is not absent <laughs> when words are many sin is not absent be slow to speak we live in such a world where everybody wants to say something no one wants to listen again no uh, people actually do not want people do not listen actually that's the that's people don't listen everyone wants everyone has an opinion that they want to voice it and it's not even easy because they've given us social media where everyone can just you can just go on there and just pew just next thing you know you said something you don't mean to say or something that you regret tomorrow a year from now be slow to speak the bible says that even a fool is thought to be wise if he keeps silent be slow to speak even those who have that mentality of that's the way i am i say things as they are add wisdom add grace what's that um, verse i says let your speech be seasoned with salt when you're slow to speak it actually gives you time to process what am i about to say is it going to be true is it going to be pure is it going to be reasonable oh no i'm no that's not what the verse is philippians 4 6 i'm trying to remember is it of good report what i'm about to say will it bring honor is it honorable is it going to help this situation what i'm going to say is it christ-like would christ say this people are so quick to speak everyone has something to say and i'm not saying this is wrong i mean people want to be expressive do you but please don't do you <laughs> we are not supposed to do us as christians mm -mm. we're not doing us no we're not doing us we're doing christ we're doing christ that that's the way i am mentality i will say things as i don't like mm -mm. i say things as they are just the way they are i don't mm -mm. the holy spirit that tells you what to say and when to say it is the same holy spirit that will tell you when to be quiet but so many people want to have the next thing to say the next rema to drop the next revelation but please be so be slow to speak process what you want to say before you have to say it think about it Think on it before you speak it. Let your let your processing. Don't skip that processing state. Process it before you say it, so you don't hurt yourself or hurt someone in the way. Please. Then be slow to wrath. The Bible says that a patient man is better than a warrior. There's something that my father used to say that it's only in the lap, and I think I actually think it's a scripture. But anger is sitting down on the lap of a fool. <laughs> anger is sitting down on the lap of a fool. It's only a foolish man who remains angry for a long time. And it's the truth. Anger will lead you to do very stupid things. And you now come out and be saying, I, 
I it wasn't I don't it was the devil. The devil made me do it. Or how they say that? The devil came over me or something like that. Um, be slow to rush and be swift to hear. I think this one is also very important. Be swift to hear. Listen. When someone is talking, don't think about what you want to respond to what they are saying. Actually, listen. Not because you want to respond or because you want to think about oh what am I going to respond to this? No. Actually, listen. Practice active listening. This one might sound like... <laughs> but listen. Be swift to hear. You realize that there are so many things that are being unsaid. Literally, that are also that are being said. May the Lord help us. <laughs> I'm going to run through the rest. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Hey, Jesus. Overflow of wickedness. Let me run. Therefore, lay aside every filthiness, all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness, with humility, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. The word is implanted. Receive it with humility and it will be, and it will save your soul. But be doers of the word. This is a prayer that we pray. Help us, Lord, not only to be hearers of this word, but to be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves deceiving yourselves i remember i think it was i think one of these philosophers that said that the worst form of deceit is self-deceit the worst form of deceit there is self-deceit that you are lying to yourself that's a terrible place to be and the bible actually compares someone who hears the word and does not do it to someone who is deceiving themselves so on sunday you're like oh my god that word was powerful and it's time for that word to be applied and don't be found wanting. We will not be found wanting in Jesus' name. Even I need to pray this prayer for myself. Help me, Lord, not to be found wanting when it comes to doing your word. Because what's the use hearing if you're not going to do? What's the use? It was Romans 2 13 in the NIV version. It says, For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it's those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. It's not about the hearing. You can always hear. We're hearing many things. But it's that obedience. Right, so you're swift to hear, and then you obey that word that are righteous in God's sight. Verse 23 to 25. Um, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, <laughs> he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what man, what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Here he didn't say doer of the word, though. Doer of the work. Because doing the word is work. <laughs> this one will be blessed in what he does. He said, if he's a man that is a doer of the work, he will be blessed in what he does. Practicing the word of God is like building your foundation on the rock. Practicing the word of God is building your foundation on the rock. Remember that Jesus giving a parable, he said that there are some who build their houses on the foundation on the rock and there are some who don't build foundation at all. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's, yeah, it's book of Luke 6, 47, actually. And he said that when trials come, you see the way the house on the, the house that doesn't have a foundation is just blown away. But the house that is built on the rock, that's what practicing does. It is building your foundation on the rock. Amen. Last one. I'm not even going to talk too much. Um, the last two verses, 26 and 27. It's It literally will sum up this episode. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. Self-deceit again. This one's religion is useless. 
pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. That's to extend the love of God to everyone around you, including orphans and widows. I think that this is something that people should actually practice, giving to the underprivileged, giving to orphans, giving to widows, and not just them. There are people you might even know who might be struggling with a couple of things. Visit them. Give your time to them. It doesn't even just have to be money. Give them your time. Prayers. Pray for them. Give them give them something. And to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Ah, the world. The world knows how to spot. The world knows how to spot your whites. Something I normally say. You're a believer, you're wearing whites. Please don't get your white stained. Remember that you're wearing white. There's a way you walk different when you're wearing white. In fact, when I'm wearing white, I don't just hug anybody. <laughs> because you don't want to get stains on your on your white. You don't want your white to get stained. Remain unspotted. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. It actually even says it like you have the responsibility to keep yourself unspotted from the world. The entrance of God's word brings light. I really pray and hope that today's episode has brought light to as many as needed it. I really pray and hope that today's episode has brought healing to whoever might have needed it. And just like James, I'm going to end this episode with these words. Consider it pure joy if you face trials of any kind. And remember to remain unspotted from the world. God bless you. Have an amazing week and see you next week.